Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. We acknowledge the traditional owners of country throughout Australia and recognize their continuing connection to land, waters, and culture. We pay our respects to their elders past, present, and emerging. Welcome to This Song Is Yours, a music podcast where we chat to a new guest each week, talk about their life and creative endeavours, and talk to them about some of the music they love. Our show works by chatting to our guests about music, but also getting them to make you a playlist of the songs they love. You can find the link to our playlist in the show notes. Welcome to episode 102. I'm your host, Simon Fink. Our guest today is Lily Crane. The indie rock star from Newcastle recently released her brilliant new single, Lemonade. In today's episode, we're speaking with Lily about recording at home, puppets and music videos, and we discuss the music of the Super Jesus. Here we go. Our guest today is an indie rock star from Newcastle. She's recently released her second single of 2021, entitled Lemonade. Please welcome to This Song Is Yours, Lily Crane. Hello. How are we? Hello. How are you going? I'm very well, thank you. How are you today? Good, thank you. I'm excited to be here. We're very excited to have you here. Thank you for being here. (laughs) No worries. Even though we're like over online, we're not really together. I know. It is, um, I guess, for yourself as an artist and like you've been creating a bit of um, buzz with the new single, which we will get to in a second, but how have you found kind of coming up in the time of COVID and having to do press do videos, everything like that, uh, by yourself. Yeah. Um, it's been pretty hard and pretty like uneventful almost. Cause like anything that like I've wanted to plan to do has not really worked out because of lockdowns or COVID restrictions and whatnot. And even with the singles, like my latest singles music video, I got one of my friends who's a really awesome videographer to film that and we only got one day in and then we had to film the rest of it by ourselves at home. Not me, he did it all. (laughs) Um, So like that was a struggle for him because it was just him and there was so much for him to do but because we had like these deadlines, we had to get it done. And then like there's been like all these, I've wanted to do all these shows as well and I've been trying to plan some shows out but of course lockdowns happened so there's not really any shows on the horizon obviously everything's opening up a bit now which is really good so I'm definitely going to dive straight in now and make the most of it and try and get some shows happening but yeah it's been really hard. Have you found that possibly um like it has I imagine it has been difficult for yourself and for for other people trying to you know get things done in this time Mm. do you think that moving forward even when the world does uh open up that maybe it's hopefully looking for a silver lining that it's created like some independence in terms of like knowing that you're able to do it moving forward if the 
if it needs to be. Definitely, definitely. It's it's yeah, I really like to look at it in that way rather than in the bad way. And I 100% think of that all the time. Like I can track st- something in my bedroom now. I know how to do that now. And then I can send it off to someone else to mix it and edit it. And that makes me feel really comfortable. And I can set up my camera and do self-timer photo shoots. And, <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, it is, it is a positive, like learning how to do all that sort of thing. So hopefully... In, in my mind, I just had the feeling that there's like a thousand photographers listening to this with their heart breaking, being like, no, not the self-timer. Now they know. <laughs> I was going to say, of course, it's not as good as hiring an actual <laughs> photographer. But in the scheme of things and when you only have that as an option, it's good to sort of figure of out course. how to do it. <laughs> Of course. And like sometimes the aesthetic calls for like something that's like DIY or DIY looking. So no, yeah. I think that there are pros in both, pros and going with both. Um, yeah. The single Lemonade is, uh, as, as I said, creating quite a bit of a buzz at the moment. And I believe it was recorded in your, in your house or in your bedroom. Yeah. So we did drums in the studio and I think I might've retracked the bass Yes, I retracked the bass as well in the studio, but everything else I did here in my bedroom. Um, the only other thing was some of the guitars was my guitarist, so I went to his house and we did it in his bedroom. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, there was a lot of sort of shifting the project to different households <laughs> to get it done. <laughs> How did you find... Because, again, like being being a new artist, obviously I, I imagine that, that you have – actually, I think I know that you have spent time in, in different studios um, around the world, but that it kind of comes to this point where you're just sitting in your own bedroom recording it. Did it feel diff- – I imagine it did feel different, but did it feel uh, less – I don't want to say less special, but was, I guess what was the feeling as you were recording while surrounded by, you know, like – your childhood bookcase or, or your computer or whatever it may be? I think that's actually a really good question. I haven't really thought about that. I think for me it it felt really almost a bit frustrating just because there was no one there to bounce any ideas off while I was tracking things um, and that was really hard. So, like, I would have to go to so much effort to send what I was up to to someone else to get feedback on it whereas like if you're in a studio there's people there with you and everyone's chatting about it and everyone's talking and throwing ideas around right there and then um it was pretty surreal though because I remember being 12 and watching people on YouTube who who were just like posting covers but they'd they have their mic set up and they were getting really good sound through their video and I was just sitting there wondering to myself, how do they do that? How how do they work <laughs> this technology to be able to do that? And so for me, when I was sitting in my bedroom doing that and creating a song, that was pretty surreal. So I would say surreal and frustrating. <laughs> <laughs> it's two very conflicting kind of emotions or two yeah. very interesting emotions to be put together. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, the, the track to my understanding was, uh, I guess the catalyst came from a conversation on a new year's, um, chatting to a young gentleman, maybe after midnight Mm -hmm. and feeling slightly, 
um, I think he was feeling slightly uncertain about what the future holds or, or what it may be. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. And I think like everything he was saying, I had sort of gone through that just a few months before. And so when we were talking, it was like really hitting me. I felt like I was talking to myself from a few months before that. And it just like, it was insane. I just went straight home the next day and started writing the song. (laughs) How often do you find songs like that kind of come from experiences like that you'll be in conversation, whatever, and then all of a sudden, or maybe not all of a sudden, but within a respectable time period, you're like, oh, I could actually use that as as inspiration. I feel like it hasn't happened with me a lot. Um, usually when I'm writing a song, I don't know what I'm writing about until it's finished and then I'm analysing the lyrics and figure it out. <laughs> but, yeah, I'd say there's only been a couple of times that's happened to me, but I just felt super super involved in that situation and super emotional about it. Like, obviously we were both drinking, so our emotions were quite high, but yeah, it was pretty insane. Sometimes I think some of the best art or some of the best songs even come from like, you know, being slightly um, more emotional or slightly inebriated or whichever way you need to get there. Like I think sometimes that can help with, um, with certain, I guess even just ways of framing the mind to, to think about it. Yeah, for sure. I agree. To my understanding, you got your start in a more kind of Americana, maybe even folky kind of field and then have found your way to, um, more indie rock or alternative where did the initial love for, I guess, writing or where did that at first Americana kind of interest come from? I think it definitely stemmed from falling in love with Taylor Swift when I was 10 because mm-hmm. when I when I first started playing guitar, I was nine and I think she'd released Fearless, I think. And so it was just blowing up and... Um, I just remember listening to that and I would watch the music videos and I was like, I want to do that. And of course, because they are like the whole four chord G, D, C, E minor (laughs) sort of songs, that was all I could play. So it Mm -hmm. sort of just automatically went to that sort of thing. And then I started discovering more country artists, like, um, but more on the verge of country rock And then I started finding out about people like Sheryl Crow, Melissa Etheridge. And so it started getting more towards like the Americana rock sound. And then like when I was younger, before I even started playing guitar, I was, I was a pop punk queen. Like that's all (laughs) I listened to. I loved pop punk. I love pop punk. Um, And so I think it just eventually came full circle Obviously, I'm not punk, but, like, just full circle, like, pop rock, indie rock sort of sound. I think that's sort of, yeah, probably the best way to explain it. Yeah, no, no, I get that. Like, it kind of is like an an amalgamation or, like, it, it all adds up to the sound of yourself. Yeah, and I think also when I started actually going to open mics when I was younger and playing in front of people, I think there was actually a lot... 
I ended up being in a room with lots of more Americana artists rather than pop artists just because of the whole guitar and singing sort of thing. And so I think like that also had a big impact on what I was writing at the time. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Yeah, 100%. I imagine that, especially in... um especially in Australia. And I say this in a loving way towards Australians, but like we do have a tendency to kind of um, almost like, and I feel like it's better now in 2021, but even 10 years ago, like uh, pop music might not be looked upon as seriously as, you know, like rock or folk or there's a less, um, yeah, less credibility to it almost, which isn't true. Like pop music, well-written pop music can be fantastic. And so did you find that there was maybe something like that in terms of not um, not pop shaming in a way, but <laughs> almost, yeah. I remember hearing all the time, like, oh, you listen to pop music. Oh, I don't listen to mainstream music. <laughs> that was like such a thing a few years ago. But I feel like now, like, <laughs> I feel like that's not so much a thing now. And I'm really happy about it because I, I used to say stuff like that too, but I didn't know what I was saying. I was so young. Um, but I love pop music. I love pop music, especially the type of pop they play on Triple J at the moment. I think it's so fun and it's so edgy and it has so much character to it. 100%. I don't see why realistically, and again, it is getting better, but like why you can't listen to, you know, like, punk and then listen to Americana and then go to pop and then like why you don't eat the same meal every day for breakfast or lunch or whatever. So why would you just listen to the same shit all the time? Like, yes, I agree. Anyway, That's I digress. So <laughs> That's a, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, that's, the, a, that's a big hole we could fall down. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That could be a whole, podcast series that maybe if that does happen, Lily will yeah. get you back on. Um, we'll have a chat. Yeah. Sounds good. <laughs> I want to um, kind of circle back a little bit to the lemonade video because when I went to, um, to, you know, like do my research for today and have a look at like a bit of a deep dive on everything you've done, the lemonade video, I thought maybe I was tired. Maybe I wasn't sure what was going on. There's yourself and there's, I want to say, it might not be a gentleman, but there's there's someone in the video with you that um, yeah. 
I was trying to work out what was going on and maybe you can help me <laughs> in explaining it to listeners and what's happening in the video. Yeah. So again, um, lockdown happened. So we had to sort of re- like work around what we had to work with. So the storyline did change a little bit. Um, but the puppet originally, I did want just normal people in the video um, just to portray like a party scene, sort of like, me feeling like the outcast at the party we were going to have. Um, and then I was sort of like talking to Brayden who did the video about it. And he's like, you know what, we should just save the hassle on finding people. I've always wanted to do this for a video, but let's make puppets (laughs) and have them play the party animals who are always doing the wrong thing. So originally we wanted there to be like five to 10 puppets drinking alcohol we were going to throw powder across the kitchen bench and have them like (laughs) doing that sort of thing um (laughs) but then we just sort of like everything happened all at once and we only had three puppets so we just worked with that pretty much the puppet just portrays you know the bad side um the darkest side of your adult life as you're coming into that from like a more childlike perspective and how everything changes. Um, there's like that scene where the puppet's throwing the eggs at the car. That's just like a peer pressure sort of thing. Um, yeah, so it's more of that now, but originally it was going to be quite different. I kind of liked the puppet and I'm curious whether... He, uh he, she, they will make an appearance in possible future Lily videos. This has been spoken about. <laughs> I guess you'll have to, uh, to keep our <laughs> you'll eyes have to wait and see. Mm-hmm. But it has been spoken about. <laughs> okay. All right. Th- that's all we need to hear. Yep. We'll um we'll leave it at that. We won't push it any further. <laughs> uh, as you said. Obviously, the uh, the borders and vax rates all going up, hopefully allowing for some shows um, in the near future. What are some of the things that you've missed, I guess, to start with uh, from playing shows and being able to go out and see people? I just miss, like, the feeling of playing a show. I've only ever done a few headline shows with my band for single releases and stuff. I've never done a tour. Um but I really miss those shows and just, you know, having all my friends and and also when people that you don't even know come and you're like, how do you even, how did you even hear about this show? <laughs> like that's such a cool feeling and I miss that so much. And, yeah, I, I just can't wait. It's, su- it's such an, un- like, indescribable feeling of playing a show and, like, like all my friends would be up the back and they'd be singing all the words and oh, so good. I can't wait. I really want to do a tour though. So I'm, I'm hoping to sort of organize that for this time next year. But I don't know what that sort of feeling is yet because I haven't experienced it. <laughs> I, in my mind, I've, I've classed you with a few other acts that we've spoken to this year that I feel that like previously or before COVID, you would have played a handful of shows, as you said, um, and even just then when you were saying, oh, and then like people rocked up that we didn't know and, and like, how do you find out that 
yeah, you're one of these artists that I am putting with a few others that we've spoken to who I imagine the next time when you do go on tour, you're going to find that there's a lot more people there than previously, if that makes sense. I feel like COVID has had, obviously that everyone locked so up indoors. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. That would be so cool. Oh my gosh. And that's really nice of you to say as well. Thank you. No, of course, of course. It, it's it's one of those things like I find that there has to be some form of silver lining with COVID and the way that it's affected the music industry. Yeah. And for one, I think, yeah, for, for mm. like up and coming acts is that it's really allowed people time to like sit with the music and learn and maybe differently from how they previously would have done it. So now when you go out and play another show, you'll find that, Yeah, I feel like smaller acts are starting to see their like their followers and their fans kind of spike um, in a much nicer fashion for them. So again, that's that's my thoughts anyway. Hopefully, Touchwood that is the truth, and you find that. So please don't. If that doesn't happen, please contact me and I'll issue um, (laughs) an apology. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, no, that's fine. (laughs) It's good to be optimistic. Of course, exactly, exactly. Uh, can we expect more music from you in the new year come come 2022? Definitely. I actually just put the plan together, so um, I'm really excited. There might even be a lot of music. I'm, I'm hoping to have an EP out by the end of August, so I've kind of given myself a few deadlines Um, and obviously I'm going to try and track most of the stuff in my room because I just, I really like the idea of that. Obviously I'm not going to mix it because I'm terrible at that. And I know too many people (laughs) who are too good at it that I'd rather pay to do it for me. (laughs) But yeah, there will be lots of new music next year. (laughs) That's very exciting. That's, that's awesome. Uh, Lily, usually we ask our guests what they're currently listening to. Is there anything that's currently getting, yeah, a bit of a thrashing on um, either your record player or on your streaming service? I've delved right into the early 2000s at the moment. I'll, <laughs> I'll get up my Spotify playlist. Hold on. Okay, at the moment, these four songs in particular have been on repeat. So we've got She's Like a Comet by Jebediah, Hedge by Skulker, Sync by the Super Jesus and Gravity by the Super Jesus. <laughs> so All that's right. what I'm listening to right now, literally on repeat. Yep. What an interesting combo. Like they all kind of like work together, but like <laughs> I, like we're, we're based yeah. in Adelaide. So um, Super Jesus are obviously like a big deal here in Adelaide. Um, and then who, who what yep. was the first track again? You said, oh, it was Jebediah. Um, the third, oh yeah, Jebediah, she's like a comet. How, if you don't mind me asking, cause I know you're never meant to ask a lady her age, but I'm trying to piece it together. When yeah. you said that you were about nine when Fearless came out, I've done that right. Um, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to work out the math back then and then to now. Um, <laughs> how, how did you come across some of these bands like Jebediah and Super Jesus, because they're not, they're played sparingly on some radio these days, but yeah, they're not 
um, I guess, how did, yeah. Yeah, how did you come across them? Um, well, it started off with the Super Jesus. I went for a walk with one of my friends who also is a super good guitarist, um, and she was telling me that Lemonade reminded her of this song by Super Jesus, Gravity. And I was like, oh, radio. So I went and listened to it. <laughs> I don't really see it, but I really liked the song. And so then, of course, I just went and listened to more of the Super Jesus and found Sync and I love Sync. And then from there I was like, oh, gosh, the alternative rock pop music in the early 2000s was so good. So I just kind of went on like a binge listen to all of that sort of stuff. And then I found um, She's Like a Comet by Jebediah. And then the Hedge song just came up in a playlist I was listening to with all like similar sounding songs. And that's how I found it. That's cool. I I love stories like that where friends can kind of recommend music and then you find your own little path through it. It's always kind of... Yeah. It was actually so funny though because I posted on my story on Instagram that I was listening to Gravity by the Super Jesus and that my friend, like this particular friend, had recommended it to me. And um, anyway, so then in my band chat later on, I was texting, I was like, how come you guys haven't told me about the Super Jesus yet? And my guitarist, who is also the videographer from Lemonade, he was like, I legit told you about Gravity (laughs) when we started playing Lemonade. And he was so mad because I just like completely ignored him when he said that. (laughs) Oh, he was was fuming. It was hilarious though. That's heaps funny. Um, Yeah. Look... You've, you've found them now. That's all that matters. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lily, thank you very much for coming onto the podcast today. I do appreciate it. And congratulations again on Lemonade. Thank you. And thanks for having me. I really appreciate your time. And that's our show. A massive thank you to Lily Crane for her time. Lemonade is out now, and we've left links in the show notes if you'd like to stream her music. We also want to give a huge shout out to Daniel at Beehive PR for helping out with today's interview. You can find a link to our Spotify playlist in the show notes, where you'll be able to listen to all of our guests' picks. If you like this show, please subscribe wherever you get your pods and stay up to date when new episodes are released. We release new shows each Thursday and Friday morning, with guest playlists streaming on Spotify at the same time. You can follow the playlist profile on Spotify. You can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. Until next week, cheers. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on.